Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm aware that it's a little early on in the week, especially considering that it's Thursday, but there's a few reasons why I'm going to be recording this now. First and foremost, tomorrow I'm going to be fairly busy. I might record another episode if I can, but I wanted to record one now just because I have a lot that I want to talk about. And, I mean, hey, I checked my analytics a while back, and for what it's worth, I mean, especially for my less than 1% audience in Australia, you guys seem to really enjoy the podcast. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to stop by and hear the stories. Even if they don't really know what they're going for, that's just sort of the goal. Storytelling and going wherever you can. So, with that said, let's continue where we left off. Charon walked back through the labyrinth of hallways leading to anywhere and nowhere, and he left the villains to rot in their cells until they chose to cooperate. The variant of Shadow Dragon knelt in his cell and sighed, feeling the tips of his armor digging into his body. This variant was far spikier and had way more battle scars on his armor than the previous. From across the hallway, the hooded knight noticed this. Hey, what's with the shredder over here? The other occupants in their cells laughed at the joke until Shadow Dragon exhaled deeply. The laughter was cut silent in milliseconds as the room grew quiet again. Are you all really afraid of this guy? He looks like a Doberman. He's all bark and no bite. But from down the hall, a chained up figure clicked a button on their neck with the toe of their boot and offered their disagreement to this demon. He's not joking around, Sunshine. I've seen what this thing can do and he won't hesitate to debone you like a trout. The hooded knight shrugged. Alright, I got no problems with that. So what are we planning on doing it to get out of here? The variant of Shadow Dragon looked up, revealing scarred and blistered skin surrounding his sunken eyes through the visors of his mask. We will wait. Sooner or later, the necromancer shall let us free. We need him far less than vice versa. At some point or another, his will will bend to our advantage. The Hooded Knight backed up, hitting the back wall of her cell. Okay, sheesh, didn't ask for the whole Shakespeare script. So, who else is locked up here? I'm assuming we're all villains from this multiversal army Charn keeps bringing up. Shadow Dragon looked through the barrier-rippled walls. I suppose so. Where I'm from, I'm just one of many antagonists for whom I can only assume is the ringleader of this group. Shadow Dragon lifted his scraped helmet to see the figure hanging from the ceiling. And what about you? You certainly remind me of someone I helped long ago, my Scarlet Serpent. The figure shuffled in their trench coat and looked up, revealing a clean slate of a face underneath their mask. Mm. Name's Jack. Mm. I'm the Sin Hunter, and I'm here to stay. Shadow Dragon looked on in confusion at the introduced antagonist. You have no face nor a voice to speak. You only use the one provided for you. Diamond Jack looked up, and although there was no expression to be read, it was clear that rage and envy were plastered beneath. I can't wait until I can strangle that moron. I'll teach him to run from me. Shadow Dragon looked over to see the Hooded Knight. And you have very distinct attire. 15th, 16th century, then. You belong to someone, right? The Hooded Knight sighed and sat down on the polished floor. I don't really have a superhero, as they claim to be, or at least what I've heard now that I'm caught up to speed on the future. Heroes are nothing more than powered individuals who won't hesitate to use their abilities to get what they want in life. Shadow Dragon grinned from inside his stitched shut mouth, hidden from sight by his mask. I suppose that's true, though not all heroes are as terrible as we see them to be. I happen to have sided with a few every now and then. 
Another figure, who wore similar and somehow different armor to Shadow Dragon, sat forwards and gently laid their hand on the barrier wall, vibrating as it did, almost as if they got entertainment and joy out of feeling pain. You couldn't make very much of me. I have no name, but I did have a purpose, to bring about balance to the light that flooded my world. For the longest time, these stupid, insufficient people believed that one little droplet of dark magic was enough to satisfy their balance. They began to carve away at the flesh I called darkness, and it sickened me to see the true reality of the situation, forced to watch behind a veil while mere children fiddle with power they should not control. Shadow Dragon nodded. Very well, then. You seem to have quite the experience with patience, Nameless One. I will follow, and together we might escape to seek revenge on those who have torn apart our legacy, including our gracious host. Driving on the open road towards a private facility, past the flashing lights and neon signs of the city, Jack casually kicked his boots up in the limo seat and lit a kyberine cigarette, kicking back while Pride drove his new associates to the site. Ryan leaned forward, resting his hands on a small table. So, do you mind if I ask you a few questions, Jack? The Sin Hunter turned and shrugged. Whatever you need to to make you feel more comfortable, kid. Go ahead. Ryan sat back and asked the obvious questions. Okay, so first off, how old are you? Because I've seen a lot about you from textbooks, and it's not really too vivid. And secondly, how did you get the name the Sin Hunter? It's a weird name and definitely not one I've heard before. Jack looked over at Dr. Cynthia, who was bandaging his arm still. Those are... Well, they're not questions I was expecting. <laughs> well, to answer the first one, I died at about... late 20s, early 30s. And Cynthia, how long did we... 15 years, Jack, the doctor said, still wrapping a pad around the injured arm. So you're, what, like 35, 45? Wow. Let me say, you look great for your age. Jack nodded, removing his hat. Thanks. Means a lot to hear that every now and then. Jack removed it, or Jack set his hat down on the seat in the limo. Okay, so now for the second. Do you know what happens if you Google Sin Hunter? Ryan pulled up his phone and immediately he withdrew. Yikes, what the heck is that? Cynthia looked over Jack's shoulder and saw some kind of anime girl with red and white attire and a massive gun. Oh, that's absolutely not the person I'm bandaging their arm right now. Jack sighed, extinguishing the seaweed cigarette. When I think of the Sin Hunter, I don't want people to see some cute anime girl with an excessive and overdramatic gun. The Sin Hunter is a name for someone who will slit your throat open if you're not careful. It's a symbol of nightmares and fear, not... whatever the heck that thing is. Jack motioned with his good arm at the pictures. In any case, nobody's ever taken the proper time to illustrate me, and as a direct result, people only get that when they search for me. But I'm fine with it for now. Although... Jack's voice expression darkened, and his, his voice became sharp and raspy. You wouldn't speak to me with such a tone if you knew how I got that name. The limo pulled to a stop, and Pride wheeled down his window. All right, lady and gentlemen, we're here. The group emerged from the limo as Pride jumped out, looking all around. This should be one of my dad's research facilities. He doesn't use it anymore. He's on a business trip overseas, as usual. However... Emerson pushed through the door with his scepter, and Ryan followed, holding out his knife. Jack casually swiped his trench coat aside to reveal withering bite in his pistols, and Dr. Cynthia readied herself for whatever came at them. Bride and Jack both strode forwards, but when they rounded the corner, a loud bang echoed from down the hallway. 
Jack looked with concern at the surroundings of the warehouse, which was packed with machinery and conveyor belts, carting off parts to make more devices. Is this operation usually this artificial? He asked. Pride quickened his pace towards the bank, but kept to the darkness. No, this is bad. There's normally at least 20 to 30 people here minimum working. Cynthia nodded. Okay, so whatever made that noise is most likely a threat. Ryan set his fingertip on fire and swirled a small amount of light around it. I've had to deal with these bad guys for too long. Let's pounce on them, block them from every side. Cynthia nodded. Sounds like the best thing we've got. Let's do it. Ryan crept up to the second floor, lending fire only to his boots to float up. He hauled pride over, and Jack loaded his pistols. This feels great doing this again, huh? He asked Cynthia, who drew withering bite from his sheath. Tell me about it. I just hope that my family's all right. Jack grimaced as he remembered the few fleeting moments after his death. Right, you have a family you need to go home to. Forgot about that for a second. Jack stepped out from the shadows, his guns drawn. But as soon as he saw who came out, he immediately raised his hands up, a smile on his face. Hey guys, it's all cool, you can come out. Standing in front of Jack was EO-71 and Catherine, along with two other heroes. Cynthia rounded the corner and asked the obvious. Jack, who are these? She locked eyes with the strange sorcerer person in the room. People. Ahem. Who are you for? The person who far more resembled a knight stepped forward, sheathing their weapon and letting their shield dangle at their side. If you'll pardon us the sudden shock, my name's Nathan. This is my associate, Leonora. Of course, she dresses like an actual sorcerer. And I assume your cloaked friend here has already met Catherine in this abstract thing? You 71 grin. It's perfectly normal for you to say that. Modern technology, or anything relatively close, wasn't established until far further ahead of your time. Jack tucked his guns away. Well, if you're here with Catherine, then I trust you both. Nice to meet some more multiversal desperados here to help. Jack held out a gloved hand, and Nathan happily stepped forward to shake it. Leonora and Cynthia shook hands as well, Cynthia clearly expressing something other than happiness. Catherine looked at the group confused. Wait, you said there were more of you? Jack nodded. Yeah, there were, he said. Hey, I said at ease, guys. They're friends, not foes. A light burst overhead, and Ryan slammed to the floor, backpack draped over his shoulder, flames extinguished off his body. All right, you know me. My name's Ryan? As in THE Flame Rider? You're one of my favorite people, Catherine exclaimed. Ryan turned around stunned. Uh, did this 3D anime girl just talk to me? And that's me, right? Ryan asked. Pride stepped out from behind EO-71 and was carefully inspecting the robot. Now, this is something I've never seen before. Captain spun to attention, drawing a massive great sword from his back. Halt, intruder! State your name and identity! Pride backed up, drawing his scepter. How dare you speak to me like that! Have at you! Jack slapped a hand to his face as scepter and drill, flaring, flare-gunning great sword met. That's what we need, and record time, too. Catherine tried to run forwards, but Ryan stopped her. I, I think we'd better just let him duke it out, if that's okay. Cynthia moved over to Nathan and Leonora and struck up a conversation. Uh, I'm Cynthia, as you probably already know. I'm a demon from hell. Nathan looked wide-eyed at the new protagonist. Huh. Never met a hero from hell before. I presume you came with your brooding friend, then? Cynthia nodded. Don't worry about Jack. If he hasn't killed you already, then he trusts you completely. <sighs> Leonora breathed a sigh of relief. Thank goodness. He doesn't seem very friendly to me. Cynthia nodded. He's been through worse. Just give him some time to warm up. He's like a skunk. Once you get through the bad stuff, he's like a game wheel. You get something new every day. Nathan grinned, his smile only growing bigger. Then who's the rainbow-tinted crusader with you? Cynthia sighed and looked over the growing scuffle. He calls himself the soul of pride, but I've never heard of anyone named after a soul. It's a strange phenomenon as far as I care. Leonora nodded. If you're wondering, we came here to find you and not vice versa. 
Cynthia took the shot to crack a joke. You mean me specifically? Leonora blushed. If it was just me, absolutely, but I've got bigger steel to weld. Cynthia and Leonora both laughed, to which Nathan rolled his eyes. Ah, women, I'll never get your silly shenanigans. As Pride and Captain continued to battle, a bang was over heard overhead, and one more hero emerged from the darkness. Stay thy hand, heroes! Hammer Knight smashed into the floor, breaking up the fight. He stood up and hefted a sword handle with a sledgehammer on its end over his shoulder. What transpires here, Black Knight? Catherine sighed and walked through the chaos of the battle. These numbskulls were fighting until you broke it up. Hammer Knight looked around. Oh, I see. Jack and Ryan both walked forward. So I guess this is everyone you wanted, Cat? Scarlet Saber turned to see everyone looking at her. Oh, yeah, I mean, at least I sure hope so. I might have one more, but I need you and Nathan to come with me. We'll need this last guy. He's a Nexus, so they'll be incredibly helpful. Jack nodded and hid his blasters from sight. Okay. Nate, are you ready to roll? Nathan strapped his shoulders back. Yes, I am. Let's get going, Catherine. We haven't much time left. Catherine opened up another portal. We'll be back. If the Necromancer arrives with anything, be ready, everyone. We need all the help we can get, and we can't lose any one of you. Jack looked at Dr. Cynthia, who was engaged in conversation with Leonora. Please stay safe, he muttered, before jumping through as the portal closed up, leaving darkness and a little bit of conversation in the old warehouse.